Hi, fairy tale friends. We just wanted to put a disclaimer at the top of the episode. Uh, we go into a lot of detail on the plot with Christopher Robin, and since it's not uh, an identical remake, we wanted to give you a heads up. So if you don't want the plot ruined for you, be sure to watch the movie first and then listen to the episode. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries minisode where we strive to keep things under 45 minutes. And I believe today might be a little hard to do that because we very much enjoyed Christopher Robin. We did. And this is coming to you late night. We Oh, uh, yeah. We kind of decided to start watching this. At like 9 or 9.30? It's 11.30 later. at yeah. night. We just watched it and we thought maybe we'll do it tomorrow but no the emotions are running we're ready to talk about this because it, it was, was delightful it was also you know it was very melancholy i think i said that about the the poo one is it's kind of this like weird sweet spot of being a little sad yeah but also like it the, by the end of the movie it was one it was just if you're watching the beginning you're like this is kind of sad and serious like the end is delightful but the payoff is worth it yes. i think uh, and I, you know, I obviously took notes as I always do and came out in, in 2018. Yes. And it opens and it does it kind of throughout yeah. where it's the pencil drawings of the book. So it, it makes you feel like they did a lot of really beautiful nods to the original animated version where, you know, in the animated version, we talked about like they turn the page and it's the next chapter mm-hmm. of the story and they do that here. Um, and you kind of jump in with the characters right away. You meet all the characters and you see Christopher Robin and it's his last day. They kind of run you through. I mean, if you don't know the story of Winnie the Pooh, actually that whole beginning part was based on the last A.A. Milne book. Oh, okay. Uh, like Goodbye Christopher Robin, I think is what it was called. The last, it was the last story. So Mm -hmm. a lot of that is from there. Um, it they kind of take you through like Christopher Robin loved to play and help them. There's all these drawings and then he's, and then they immediately take you. He's at a little party for them. And I will say this was a movie where I felt like I could, with my eyes, I was seeing the the sense of touch. Does that make sense? Because all the, all the little CGI Eeyore and Tigger and Pooh looks so real are so and fuzzy. I could so tactile. Yeah, like some yeah. people like you could say I can see a sound. Yes, or I can, yeah, yeah, I yeah. could see a feeling. I could tell and exactly how they we felt. We cringed every time. Oh, every Pooh time he eats honey, fur touched honey, or it's vice so versa, gross. honey touched his fur. Um, because it looks so real. It's so real. You're like, oh, that's gonna be so sticky and matted in his fur. And there's this whole scene later on. Where he's in Christopher Robin's house when Christopher Robin is an adult and he gets honey everywhere mm-hmm. and he's stepping in it and then it's on the floor and then he gets stuck to the carpet and we were just like, oh, <laughs> but I think that's a testament to how real yes. they feel along the way. Um, I also wrote, 
Uh, you know, I kind of wrote a little bit of this story because we find out more of Christopher as he becomes an adult. So he goes away to boarding school. Um, and when they have this party for him, I wrote sweets go right to my feet. And that was Tigger there. They captured the language. Um, some of it was word for word from the stories and some of it wasn't. And we talked about this with Cinderella. I think it was the perfect way to do a live action film because throughout the movie we see the stories that Mm. we know but they're done in a different way like tigger in the animated version looks in a mirror in Pooh's house when they're protecting they're hiding from heffalumps and woozles and he says he spots another tigger and he's scared of him and in this one they're in a car and he sees himself in a rearview mirror but even because i know we did mary poppins returns and we talked a lot about how it just felt like they were trying to do the same thing over and over again it doesn't feel like that here no because because there are enough stuff that's original but they capture the voice of the characters perfectly there is a simplicity to poo that is also profound Mm -hmm. and they do it so well and they capture the emotions of each Mm -hmm. character and i laughed probably more than i've laughed in any disney film that we've done like there are so many little joyful moments in the film well you mean any any live action or just any disney i don't know i feel like i laughed a lot we giggled a lot yeah yeah i don't think there were parts that we were like Uh, belly laughing but yeah but everything was delightful yeah and you know, when I'm saying that they use the same stories, they did they they caught you off guard in a good way because they were used differently, right? Yeah, they used the core of the story, but then they they changed the surroundings or they changed kind of how it happened, mm-hmm. like Pooh with the red balloon and yes. that whole you know. So there's, there's well, apparently that's a big plot point in 2011's Winnie the Pooh, oh, okay. which we'll find out. We'll be watching as part of yeah. our thing. The other thing that I really liked was uh, there's a there's a spot where Tigger starts to sing the song, and yes. as soon as he, he's like, "Well, Eeyore goes, oh Not God, again. he goes, oh the song," and I yeah. was like, "I've never felt closer to Eeyore." Like I like that Eeyore's, song, but it's so oversung I to me. I was very excited to hear it, of course. Uh, but Eeyore was so good in this one, played he's, by Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. Who, this is like his fifteenth disney voice oh, cool. he's in a ton of stuff he did uh, the thing i remember most from was finding nemo he's oh, the blowfish yes. yeah yeah shark bait ooh yes <laughs> um but he really captured the inflection and mm-hmm. i think the delivery of eeyore's lines up uh, most of what i laughed at was eeyore well him and jim cummings jim cummings who did the voice of winnie the, winnie the, pooh. the pooh and tigger oh okay um are the, are the only people who weren't cast specifically for the movie that mm-hmm. that they were like, well, they've done thing, but it was funny because they the, the apparently the director the the voice guy or whoever's doing the casting the casting director brought in ba- Brad Garrett and said he goes he goes well I am Eeyore and he he the casting director didn't realize he was doing the voice of Eeyore oh, in like video games and stuff yeah. he goes well I am Eeyore he goes that's right exactly that's why we cast you he goes no you don't understand I am Eeyore I do the voice of Eeyore yeah and they're like oh well you're perfect. <laughs> Um, so I did want to just talk a little bit about Christopher Robin's background because this is new story. Um, so again, talking about a live action, adding to it, we find out he goes to boarding school and when he's there, his father dies. And so it seems like he has to grow up at a very young age and, you know, he's off in boarding school. He's away from his family. He's away from the hundred acre wood. Um, and he grows up, he meets Evelyn. I think they meet on a bus or a train, his wife. 
Uh, but I think, they meet on a bus, and, yeah, and he, he gets offers, up to offer the seat, and then some jerk sits down instead, and they both kind of go, "Oh, look at this guy!" And then, yeah. the, then the next scene is them dating. Which what didn't I say? Like, oh, I wish I'd met you on a on bus a bus in, in London. London. <laughs> um, what a what a nice meet cute. Yeah, and it cuts back to Pooh, and this is part of the melancholiness. He's waiting at the door for Christopher Robin to come yes. back, and so we keep seeing shots of. Christopher Robin growing up and then going back to the Hundred Acre Wood and the doors getting more like grown over with with vines and different things like that. Um, and then we find out that Christopher Robin goes to war. He fights in World War II. And when he goes away, his wife is pregnant. And when he comes home, his daughter's three or four, I would say. It's after three because they show yeah, her having the, the, third the birthday, birthday cake. And it's um, interesting then because they keep showing again the book flipping and it's like chapter one. It's like a new chapter. Yeah, it's yeah. like literally like chapter whatever. Christopher mm-hmm. Robin meets Christopher Robin meets Evelyn. Yeah. And then it's like Evelyn goes alone when yeah. she's left alone for three years. Um, and it's and so very sad. Like they, is, they, yeah. they get they kind of drift apart. And he's got when he comes back and he meets his daughter. It's that situation where the daughter's kind of like timid. Yeah, because she's been told about her father, but has never met yeah. her father. And you can tell like everything that's wrong with christopher robin um has to do with the, like how some of some of it has to do with how he feels after the war yeah and i think it's also he's just so focused on work and i wrote he's kind of a combination of scrooge mcduck and mr banks for mary yes. poppins he's got you know the scrooge mcduck is in because his job is to save the company money so mm-hmm. he's constantly looking for efficiency yes. at this he's the company. head of the efficiency yeah thing. and then the mr banks role is he's so focused on work he's not really paying attention that his family really needs him like his family needs needs him to be there and be present and he's not so his family's gonna go on a vacation and he's been kind of um coerced by uh, a superior at the office to work over the weekend who's played by i forgot the actor's name but he plays mycroft holmes in this in the benedict cumberbatch sherlock um but but he gets kind of coerced into working Um, it's very stressful at work basically it's we're gonna close this whole division unless you can find a 20 percent Yes. Um, worth of cuts and he says to you know his, he has to tell his wife and his daughter like i can't go and they, his there's all this terrible stuff like his wife's like okay of course and he's like well no you know this, this bad you know she's kind of expecting her to be sad he's she's like i knew this would happen I yeah seen, and he goes i well, feel like i haven't seen you laugh in seven years i feel like this i you, i didn't yeah. fall in love with you because you were efficient and because you were looking to get a great job i fell in love with you because you danced with me yeah and she goes to put his suitcase away and he's like where's my suitcase she's like i never packed it because she oh. knew yeah she knew he w- he was not going to go away there's a lot of gut punches from yeah Haley atwell who's in this again after being in, in yes. cinderella i mean i think she's we found she's the the secret magic sauce in a good disney live yes, action yeah but I Haley think... Atwell Jenkins is what I'm going to call her. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. Well, I think if something, God forbid, were to happen to you, wow. you'd want me to be happy. Wow. And the only You're way really I could possibly ahead. Be. Really planning ahead. Um, <laughs> but I think we do, we get an insight into the toll his focus on work is, and his focus away from his family, the toll that that takes on his family. Mm-hmm. We also see that he's pushing his daughter to work and he's constantly like pushing her to work and she's going to go to the same boarding school he went to and she's already read the whole reading list. She wants to make him happy. It's important yeah. to her. She wants to please him and she's not really being a child 
because she's always working. And even when she asks him to read her a story, she has Treasure Island. And so she's hoping he'll read that. <laughs> such a ridiculous and he scene. reads like a history book yes, and she... to her. And she's like, I'm tired. And then he waits. This is another heartbreaking moment. He waits outside her door and notices the light goes on after he leaves her room. She wasn't tired. She yes. just didn't want him yeah. to read a history book to her before bed. The, the wife and the daughter go to the country for the weekend. Well, first, the oh. daughter finds, because this is kind of important, the daughter finds his box of things that he takes to boarding school, which is all the drawings of Winnie the Pooh. And that, I think, kind of summons him remembering Pooh. Yes. Um, and Pooh wakes up in the Hundred Acre Woods. Yeah. And he can't find anybody. And which it's is very also foggy really and gloomy. Sad. Yeah, he's all alone. He can't find anyone. And we should also mention here we loved how they designed the Hundred Acre Wood. Just well, oh shoot, did I get that fact? It's actually shot in the park that the hundred most of the filming of the Hundred Acre Woods scenes take place at Ashton Down Ashdown Forest, which was the original inspiration for the setting. Oh my gosh. So it's that's so the great. original Hundred Acre Woods. Oh, that's really sweet. Um So yeah, he sees, you know, he sees the note and she leaves him a note saying, you know, you were such a great I didn't know you were such a good artist, Dad. Yeah. Put this up next to my pictures. It's yeah, him and, and it's him and Pooh. And so, yeah, we see Pooh all alone, um, wandering in the fog, like Ryan said. And he finally decides, I'm going to go through this door, which is the door that Christopher Robin always came through to come into the Hundred Acre Wood. And he... Ends up in a park outside of Christopher Robin's in, house, which Christopher Robin is... is Hiding from a neighbor who insists on playing the gin rummy. The such a weird, a weird character. character, but he's always, I guess it's another way to show he doesn't do anything social. He's like, he doesn't do anything social. He, You know, he's always promising to play gin rummy with the neighbor and never does. I think it's another. Yeah. So he's hiding from his, that, that weird neighbor and he finds uh, Pooh and he starts thinking, oh my God, I've cracked for a little bit. But yeah. one of the things I really liked about this movie is it wasn't the typical thing of did I make this all up when I was a kid or whatever. It's like he believes it, but he's like, why are you here now? Yeah. he Well, first he thinks he he cracked, but then he's that like, That goes oh, no. by very quickly. Yeah, because he touches him and realizes he's actually real. He is there. <laughs> he touches his stomach and then Pooh's very light. was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that when they sit down and their backs are to each other, they're on like these two benches that they... They have like a similar posture and a similar, it's a, yeah. it's a neat way to show the two of them kind of finding each other again. And he's immediately like, well, the door should be here. Why is it here? It's actually in the the cottage. So let's take Pooh to the cottage. Yeah. This, there's also the scene where he's wandering around the house. And I, I he just says very, again, very simplistic things that mean a lot in the situation. Yeah. Well, and the same thing with the door. He's like, well, because I guess the, it's where it needs to be. He goes, well, it's not here. He goes, well, I guess we don't need it here anymore. Yeah. Like, this is it's very, so good. And, um, you know, oh, sorry, I got to read my note here. Oh, this this line was so heartbreaking to me. Um he says, you know, I haven't thought about you and the friends in 30 years. And Pooh says, we think about you every day. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, There's gosh. a lot of real, like, simple simple writing, but very heartbreaking. Yeah. And another scene before, like, we move forward with him going to the cottage and back to the Hundred Acre Woods is when Pooh's rummaging through the house. We got a good laugh out of this. Uh, he tucks him in, he goes to sleep at night, and then in the morning he wakes up to a crash and he goes downstairs and all these uh, dishes and the... Pooh's just standing looking at these crashed shelves. Yeah. And he and turns he goes, and looks and goes, your ladder is broken. Yeah, and he <laughs> goes, well, it's shelves. 
Oh, that must be why it's so bad for, for climbing. climbing. And then all the other shelves fall like something rolls into yes. it. Um, but he takes him back to, to the cottage, and that's where his wife and his daughter went on holiday. Real quick, they're on the train. This is I, this is all part of the thing that I like of the... the uh, we're watching it. We're like, can other people see this? Can see him? Yeah. Yes. He talks, and they kind of react. I'm like, what was that? Yeah, and he tells Pooh to play nap time. And yes. so that's the thing. Like, play nap time when he wants him to be still. And Pooh also plays this this game where he's looking out the window and he just goes, house, dog, a see man. See what you... It's called Say What You Say See. Say What You See. It's that's just it. so funny. Yeah. They get to Sussex where the the, co- the co- cottage is and he tries to kind of get rid of Pooh, like go back in. He's like, fine, finally I'll follow you. And he follows him in and he gets stuck and there's a moment where he goes, so this is what this feels like. Yeah. It's kind of funny. And we will say that like we didn't love that he snuck by the cottage. He sees his wife, he sees his daughter, but it plays, the, it, it, it plays out well. Yes. The end so. of the movie, I, I think, does everything well, but there are times when I'm like, why don't you tell your wife and kids that you have to work or people will lose their job? Why are you hiding this from your wife and kids? Like, yeah. take your your freaking daughter to this magical land that exists in, I a, do think, in a tree. I do think, though, he needed to go through this part of the journey alone yes. to find himself again. He I did. will say that. Because um, he goes back, he he he's wandering around in a circle with Pooh. He yells at Pooh. Pooh kind of runs off. Pooh follows the footsteps, his own footsteps. Yes. That's another. That's story. from one of the stories from yeah. the thing. He falls into a heffalump trap, which is funny because he looks up and there's a sign at the bottom that says "Gotcha." Yeah, and he loses Pooh in the fog. There's a big part of this movie about heffalumps and woozles and how they don't exist, but it's like the heffalumps and like. When he meets everybody else, like Eeyore and everyone, they all go, oh, look, it's a heffalump, and they can't see Christopher Robin. The only one who can see Christopher Robin is Pooh, and he knows him right away from his eyes. He goes, I can still see you looking out from there. Yeah. So beautiful. But it's also that idea of, like, you've changed. You've become this thing that's, like, the bad thing. You become the thing that, like, we were afraid of, or the thing that, like... We we don't know. Because that's what happened to everybody. The tree crashed, and then they heard a noise, and they thought it was a heffalump, and so they're all hiding. Mm-hmm. So Christopher Robin goes off and starts play fighting a fake heffalump and it's starts so having fun good. again. And Eeyore, like, it, you see Eeyore kind of, like, start to see him, and then everyone else can see him. Well, and Eeyore's the first one he finds after he loses Pooh. So he has Because he's floating Eeyore. in the river like he is in that one short where they're throwing sticks yeah. in the thing. Yeah, so he has Eeyore for a a good amount of time before he finds all the other friends. And Eeyore's convinced he's a heffalump. There's a lot of really funny lines there. And like Ryan said, the moment Eeyore realizes, he's like, oh, Christopher Robin, you're playing again. Yeah. I knew it was, that is you. So once they see that he's playing again and he's fighting the heffalumps and the same thing when he comes back from defeating the invisible heffalump, all of the rest of the friends, Piglet and Rue and everybody, say, oh, Christopher Robin, we're so glad you're back. And it's such a sweet moment to be like, this is who we've missed and this is who you are. Does this movie remind you of another movie at all? No. Where you have a character who went to a, a fantasy land and then he grows up and he's working a lot. And he kind of ignores his children. And then a character from that fantasy land gets him and takes him back and he relearns how to play and how to be like he used to be. Oh, Peter Pan. Hook. Hook. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, Peter Pan, where are we going with this? They, they, yeah, they, had, a thing of, they had a thing about all the connections of Hook. Yeah. Like both films are set partially in London and are based on popular British children's books, which were adapted into animated films by Walt Disney. Cool. And interesting. Like I thought that was an yeah. interesting. Like I think Hook is vastly different from this, but yeah. the general idea makes sense the world is real his kids see them eventually mm-hmm. um he learns to play he starts having a nice day with them he falls asleep 
And he wakes up and he's like, I'm late for my meeting. Yeah, and his watch has stopped because he was in the water and in the rain. And he. Oh, I didn't think about that. I thought his watch just stopped because he was in this. Oh, I mean, that heffalum trap. He was was, was, like in underwater for a while. I just realized he crawled through the tree like in Stranger Things to get to the the upside down. Only it's. The Hodricker Wood is the upside down, is what I'm saying. Uh, but so Tigger and Ewer say that they've prepared his briefcase. They talk about the briefcase has important papers and I like how they, they put things in perspective for him because they talk about Madeline and he's like, oh, her happiness is everything for me. And Pooh goes, is she more important than a briefcase? Yeah. You know, and what's a Madeline? And, and so, you know, they're all just very, the way they pose their questions, I think starts to get his, his his thinking to shift on what's important to him. But he still feels he needs to get back to this meeting. To and this I meeting. agree because yeah. again, this whole time I'm going, you need to explain to people that like, it's not just about you and working. Like other it's, people are going to lose their yeah, jobs. Yeah. It's a real important thing. And so Tigger and Eeyore have prepared his briefcase and they kind of sent him yes. on his way. And we find out the, we see Tigger with Eeyore and he's got, uh, Piglet says it looks like a, a poor house, a, a poor version of a house. Cause it's the roof, I guess. Of the yeah. House. He, they're taping it's it to a leather. Yeah. His leather folder with all the important papers and they're tying it to Eeyore with a Tigger knot, the strongest yes. knot. Uh, and uh, they never really explain why. I don't know if it's armor for Eeyore so he doesn't get hurt. There's a part where he goes like, the saddle's too tight at one point when he's sleeping or something at the beginning. And I don't know if it was supposed to be a saddle. Yeah. Whatever it was, they're like, these are his important papers. And Tigger's like, oh yeah, I took them out so he could make room for important things. Like, things to remember us and by. And it was like Eeyore's and tail. Up, yeah, and, and the acorns, or the, they call them something different. The so that's horns. Appara- haycorns. Haycorns. So that's something from the book and not from the thing that, that Piglet loves, haycorns. Oh, okay. That's from the book. There's a second thing from the book. And the third thing is that rabbit and owl are actual animals and not stuffed animals. Oh, that's from the book. okay. Which I noticed that, and I was kind of like, that's weird. Yeah. Um... And I, we will say Rabbit and Owl do not go on the adventure back to London. Yes. It's Tigger, Piglet, Eeyore, and Pooh. So, Ewan Mc, uh, Christopher Robin sees his... Do we say Ewan McGregor plays Christopher we Robin? Didn't. We didn't. He does that? a fantastic job. Yeah, he's great in this. character. But he run, he, his daughter sees him and he's like, I'm here, but I have to go. And the daughter's really upset and the, the wife's like, yeah, of course you have to go. Like, Yeah, we're going to stay here longer and we're not coming back. Like And, it, it, and that's like, when I think he realizes, oh, this is... I've done damage. Like, I've done he, damage that I might not be able to repair. Yes. So he gets on the train. Also, I will say he starts playing Say What You See. Yes, and then the stranger in the car with him is like... The most fussy looking British yes. man with like a bowler hat and glasses and a mustache. And Yeah, but you can already see that him reuniting with his friends has kind of changed his perspective. Well, that was one of the things is you see him laughing with all of them, mm-hmm. which is something, you know, they focus you on after saying I haven't yeah. seen him laugh in years. So the mother tells the daughter, you need to go outside and play. And she's like, I'm going to play harder than anyone. So she's outside playing tennis with the red balloon, which has gotten she. Uh, you and McGregor tied it. it to her yeah. to her bike, and she's playing with it. She's like, "I'm the, the the I've mastered Wimbledon," and you hear all the like, "Oh, what's a Wimbledon?" Like, yeah, in and then the they're background. like, "Oh, good for you," and they're cheering for her, and they're in the in the forest, and she's like, "Who's there?" And she throws a tennis ball and it comes back at her and you can hear the voices of all yeah. four of them. And they come down, they fall down the, the hill and they start talking to her. And I think this movie does some of the best job of like people reacting pretty appropriately to uh, talking, talking stuffed, stuffed animals. animals and then getting over it. 
Yeah, well, because they know her. Because Pooh's like, oh, this is Madeline. Because she has the red balloon. And Pooh had the red balloon. Pooh's the reason the red balloon is there. And she was like, oh, did my dad give this to you? And he's like, no, he wanted it for you. Like, he gave it to you. And so I think that's why she gets over it pretty quickly is because it's kind of clear they know her dad. She's not really sure why, but they also have his important papers. Mm -hmm. And then they know of her. Her dad has talked about her to them. So So she has to get on the train and take them to London. They write a she writes a note to her mom who starts freaking out and trying to follow her to the train station and then misses the train and then drives to London. Um but I just like all of them. Like, I love her holding all of them. Anytime anybody in the movie has to hold a bunch of them, it's so adorable. Like yeah. later, Haley Atwell is holding Eeyore and Piglet and Tigger. Mm-hmm. And she, even that looks just yeah be- wonderful. And so they start playing the same game on the train and she orders five cups of tea for her and her stuffed animals. And I love the one be like, oh, okay, like sure yeah. thing. And then she gets into... I guess a taxi. It's a, not. A bl- it's called a, it's like a black car or something. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the London version of, taxi. of a taxi. Yeah. And so at first, like everything's normal. She's black kind cab, of maybe. telling, telling the guy where to go. Uh, and then he starts to hear them talking and she's telling them to play nap time. And then he winds up crashing it into a newspaper stand. And then we get a weird, not weird, but just surprising a random, cameo yeah, from Mackenzie Crook who is in Pirates of the Caribbean and the British version of The Office, and Matt Berry, who's on, who's Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows. And it's such a good little comedy bit. Of- because they're talking about, yeah, they're, they're like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? He's like, there's a talking. The animals can talk. And they she runs off to go She's get like, on oh, a truck. She's like, oh, there's my dad, just pointing to a stranger. And the officer, who's Laszlo, is like, okay, that's fine. You can go. And then they hear Pooh say something, and then all three of them are like, well, we didn't hear that. That can't be real. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a fun little bit. But it, it's fun watching it now and being like, that's Laszlo. That's, yeah. you know, uh, I forgot his name in the office, but Mackenzie Crook. And I was just mm-hmm. like, that's, it's, it's, it's a, it was a weird, let's get these two, like, fairly recognizable British uh, uh, comedy names and put yeah. them in this movie. Speaking of which, Apparently, they originally cast Chris O'Dowd as Tigger's voice. Do you know who Chris O'Dowd is? I know the name. The, the Irish guy from the the IT crowd. Oh, yes, yes, Who yes. was the dog in um, Mary Poppins Returns. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they did it, and they tested it, and people were really off-put. Because he, I guess he's doing an English accent. Oh. And, like, I think it would have been fine if it... I mean... It wouldn't have been Tigger. I'm glad we did Tigger, but like I like his voice. I'd like to well, hear his Piglet's voice. Well, Piglet's voice is a little different, and it's I like. not. Yeah, they're I not trying Piglet's to. I like Piglet's voice again. It matched the inflection and the tone of Piglet really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go on this adventure to London, and the his wife comes to the meeting, and you find out. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Are you talking about the golf? Yeah. Oh God. You find out that Giles, the one who's like, you need to work all weekend and I'll be working all weekend as well. He gets in the elevator and he's got his golf bag and he's got someone else carrying it for him. And so that's when, you know, the wheels, you can see the wheels start turning with Christopher Robin and he's like, oh, it was just me who was working all weekend. And so he goes in and again, Giles tries to take credit. Giles tries to take credit for 
um, everything that they've done working all weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he starts talking. He goes to open his important papers, and that's when he sees it's Eeyore's tail. The weather Yeah, the um, haycorns. And he's like, hold on one moment. And then it's an emergency, and his wife is there because she's in a panic because they can't find Maddie. Yeah. And uh, he goes to leave, and Giles is like, what do you think you're doing? And he just gives Giles oh, the daggers yeah. and leaves. It's yes. just like, whatever. Yeah. And so then they go looking for her, um, and he reads the note, and because it says expedition, the way that's it's spelled. That's the third thing that's specifically in the books, is they talk about expeditions. Expeditions, that's yeah. what it is. So, and the way it's spelled and the way it said, he goes, oh, she's not alone. <laughs> and then like, the wife goes, who's she with? And then they cut to something else. I think it's them it's in the, the car. It's Maddie with, like, oh, traveling in the suitcases. they're in two steamer trunks, and then it's like... Tigger starts bouncing and they fall out of the car. And then it cuts back to him just explaining. He goes, well, you see, the wonderful thing about Tigger's is Tigger's. And he's like singing the song. But and he's she's, like, just, and she's like, just like, you're insane. You've, you've lost, lost it. it. Like you, you did what I said would happen. Like you've lost it. And at that time, Eeyore and Piglet and Tigger come flying through the air and land on the windshield. And probably the most goofy action-y part of it. Yeah. But it's so funny because you it's just see her go. It's such a good payoff. And he's like, and he's like Christopher Robin, and she's like, what? Yeah, and he's like, oh, you are too. Where's Maddie? Like, where's Pooh? He goes, where's Piglet? Ah, splat. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and then they're all in the back of the car, and again, she pretty quickly, she's like, they're asking her how she's doing, and she's like, I'm fine. And then he introduces her. <laughs> he goes, as he goes there's a don. He goes, hello, stuffed donkey. How are you doing? It's not, his name's Eeyore. Eeyore, this is Evelyn, my wife. Hello, Evelyn, my wife. Yeah. And then, like later in the movie, he only knows her as Evelyn, Evelyn my, my wife. wife. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but they find Maddie, and she's with Pooh, and all the papers have blown away, and she's so sad. And she tells him, you know, I thought if I brought you your papers, you would be happy enough to not send me away. And that's when he's like, you don't have to go away. You can stay with us. Like you don't have to go to boarding school. Like my papers are not important. You know, I you are what's important and Pooh's there and he's kind of smiling. He's got like this little smirk on his face and she's holding the one paper she saved. And it's kind of this pyramid. Um, it's and pointing wife, out like what part of the population financially they cater to, which is the top. Yeah. Because that's who goes on vacation in 1940. Whatever. Yeah. And, um, the wife says something about changing perspective. Well, first I want to say that I think you and McGregor does such a good job here of her doing the whole, like, um, you know, I lost all your papers. I'm so sorry. I know how important they are to you. And he's just like, you're important to me. No, those yeah. things don't matter. And the way it's written and the way it's done is so genuine and good and, and not super ham fisted. Like, well, cause he says you're safe. That's what's important. Yeah. He says something like that. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I just don't want to leave. And he's like, if you don't want to, you know, like we'll discuss this. He's like, you know, it, it's all well done. But then that's when Haley Atwell is standing behind him. Coming holding with the all three of them. And she says something about changing perspective. And that's when he looks at the pyramid and he flips it upside down. And he's like, you're a genius. And they run back to Winslow's and he points out, he goes, if you, you, you are in charge of a huge consortium of jobs And he goes, the best thing you can do, he goes, the thing you do right now is to do nothing. And that's when Giles says, nothing ever came from nothing. He goes, I beg to differ. Yeah. Nothing often leads to the best something. Yes. Oh, let's also talk about how they go through his briefcase when he leaves. Yeah, they're like, what a nutter. Yeah, because they're seeing the tail. That's how we find out what's in his briefcase. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's just like a weird moment. And again, 
I Giles think... kind of painting him as, oh, he's cracked. Like, we need to just get rid of the whole division. Well, there's a part where the father goes like, well, didn't you say you worked with him this weekend? Why don't you present? Yes. And he's like, uh. Yeah. Um, but he comes and he says, if you give more of your people paid time off, they'll want to go on vacation. What do they need for vacations? Luggage. And if we sell them at a cheaper price, then they can also buy them. Yeah. They'll be able to afford them, which means we'll sell more. So they'll, they'll actually the make beach. more money. They'll want to go to the beach. They'll want to go to their cabins. Yeah. And then that's when Giles is like... Who wants a bunch of riffraff at the beach? Yeah. And then his dad kind of tells him to be quiet. And he's like, so what What were you doing this weekend? Yeah. And that's when the golf ball like comes yeah, out Yeah. He pulls pocket. out a handkerchief and there's a golf ball on it. Which, as someone who's had golf balls in his pocket, there's no way you wouldn't know there's a golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. That sounded super like someone who keeps golf balls. That's what yeah. it sounded like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I just love, and he he calls him a woozle. He stands because, up for himself in that moment yeah. too, when when Giles is kind of talking down to him and and not agreeing with his idea and he says you just did this you didn't work like you're the yeah and he goes family is what's important they come in and they're holding the Mm -hmm. the poop and friends are what's friends and he he goes he goes that's a great idea uh uh uh, robin i think you should work on he goes i will but right now i'm going to take some time off and i'm gonna do nothing with my family yeah and as he's turning like the whole time he's giving the speech like even in the movie, like, all the animals, like, Tigger moves is super animated. But a lot of them just move very, like, simply. Yeah. Especially Winnie the Pooh. So when they're being held, they just kind of, like, turn their heads ever so slightly and move. Uh-huh. And I, 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 you watch it and you understand why people aren't like, those bears are alive! Until like, the they whole start time. talking. Until they start, yeah. yeah. But so you see Giles kind of looking at me like, that donkey was staring at yeah. me. And his dad's like, you're insane. Yeah. The other thing we should say we haven't talked about is his staff. His staff have a lot of little funny comedic yes. bits in the background, both in the beginning when we first meet them um, to when they're trying to read lips, when Giles comes in and like tells yeah. him you need to cut percentages. And then they're also all in the background during this meeting as well. And then they're in a scene at the end, do you which remember, is kind of fun. Do you remember the office when they were like trying to buy the Michael Scott paper company? There's a scene where Mindy Kaling has her ear on the yeah. door, and and uh, Angela goes, "What do you hear?" And she goes, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> "That's just what that reminded me of, of like them listening, like, what do you hear?" And then she like could read lips, and it was not at not all, not at all, something saying. about apples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then he takes them to the Hundred Acre Wood, and it's so sweet, and they have tea, and they do nothing in the Hundred Acre Wood as a family. Yeah. And, um, it's they such, have a picnic. Yeah. yeah, they have a picnic. It's such a sweet way to end it. Well, he goes and he sits in the same spot where he talked to Pooh when he kind of said goodbye when he was growing up. And he... Uh, brings him honey. Brings him honey. Again, guys, if you get... there's <laughs> got This has got to be some sort of weird phobia or, or issue because I was just like... Bleh. To me, it's, it's thinking about having a stuffed animal and getting something sticky on it. Like, it's not a phobia. It's like I've had gum... Yeah. In my hair or in a stuffed animal. And the, I didn't well, eat honey as a child. But like, yeah, it gives you that response you would get if you had a stuffed animal that honey got spilt on it. As a huge Star Wars fan, anytime there's like a hoodie or like a, 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 a onesie that is that is uh, Furry. Chewbacca, I get sent to it. And the first thing I think is I can't imagine getting any, you know, crap in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, and it is a testament again to the the CGI and how it looks real and it looks fuzzy and it's, and it, they look like they have weight to them. And like they when move they're in a very them. specific yeah, way. Yeah, when they're holding them, 
They look yes. like as it would if you were holding a stuffed animal that was kind of filled with fluff. Like it looks that. even a little more like that. Like every time they drop it, it's a little more than a stuffed animal. Well, almost like beanbag stuffed animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, which they it's make not those. just solid weight. It's floppy. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really like, I mean, okay. So the the top movies of that year were, I think, Avengers: Infinity War and stuff like that. So I understand why maybe is Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther and Jurassic World. So oh. a, a, an Avengers movie, a one of the 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 hugely successful uh first African American superhero, not first, but like such a big, you know, In for such that a community. Way. And then yeah. Jurassic World, oh that's Fallen Kingdom, so it's not even that one, but like Jurassic World which was, uh, you know, became this weird license to print money for a while. So I can understand that one, you know, not being on the. Let's see, it's well, like Incredibles they were two. all yeah heavy action films. This right, it's not an action film, so not it's kind of hard to compare it or put it up against that. But it was so good, and it was one that I remember when we saw the trailer. It was one that was on our list to see, and yeah. we just never got around to seeing it. And you know, now that you have heard all of the the plot, I hope you go back and watch it. I may put something at the beginning of this that is just us going. Hey, we really enjoy this, and we we highly encourage thir- you to yeah. watch it. Well, we because- talked pretty thoroughly about it, which we don't yeah. always do with the live actions, but it just I can't express enough that it it gives the same feeling. If you go back and listen to our Winnie the Pooh episode, the animated version, yeah, we kept talking about the feeling we had and the nostalgia we had for the characters and for the stories. And it gives you the same feelings. And I was so impressed that they were able to translate that in a live action and to make you feel the exact same way. But also that we as felt. A, adults, too, there's a lesson here, not necessarily just for kids, but yes. for people our age. Yeah. Like, and it's a simple lesson, but it's one that I think they handle in a good way. So it's not only maintaining that childlike simplicity, mm-hmm. it's using it in a way that doesn't feel infantilizing some important issues or patronizing them it really like it this you know like cinderella is really good but this is a very close second to my favorite of the i would uh, agree yeah i would agree and again another thing is it does well as it takes the core of the story and it expands on it yeah and i think that moving forward that's going to be our criteria on what makes a good live action now that we've seen two very solid um live actions close together Mm mm-hmm we we've got some you know we're at about 38 minutes okay. I, it's a good place to close it i don't have yeah. anything else to say uh, i think uh, my only other thing to say is go watch it stop what you're doing if you haven't seen it yeah I, uh, and really watch it it's it's so good especially if you grew up with these characters if you have any even if you don't have a connection to these characters i think you will but especially if that nostalgia is there, I think you'll really enjoy it. What do you think about letting kids watch it? Like, oh, I think it's. I, I think some of the the war stuff. There's a little brief war scene at the beginning. I what I will say is I don't think kids will pick up on some of the things that we picked up on. That we were like, yeah. oh, this is really melancholy or this is really sad. Thinking about like their relationship and yeah. their marital relationship. I don't know, depending on the age of children, I don't know that they'll really pick up on this, the severity of those lines. Do you know Maybe. what I'm saying? Maybe. I don't know, but I can, I could, I could see them kind of just being in... Uh, empathic, empathic about it and yeah. being like something's wrong here That's maybe true. but it's it's I, I don't know if you're as always let us know if you're a parent 
Yeah, and we'd love to know what your kids think 707 of it, too. 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-YO-TRPD-1. <laughs> We'd love to hear if your kids have watched it, what was their reaction to it, you know, if they've seen both of them. Um, but I, I, do think, I, I do think children would enjoy this one. Yeah, guys, we really enjoyed this. We hope you did, too. And uh, we'll see you next time for the next Minitale, which I'm not sure what we'll see now. It's a surprise to us. It's a surprise to you. Yeah. Maybe we'll put up another poll and you can pick wrongly. <laughs> But we will get to it if we you will vote get to for it. it. All right. Take care, listeners. Thanks, guys. Hello, fairy tale friends. We got another call on our hotline, so we're going to play that real quick. But if you want your message played on the podcast, go ahead and give us a call at 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. Thanks, guys. Hey, hope you guys are staying warm. This is Other Ryan from uh, Roger Rabbit Podcast. Wanted to the Give you a shout out. I heard you're uh, watching your episode, Minnesota, about Mary Poppins Returns, and I I totally agree. I, when I watched that movie, I was realized I was kind of exhausted from doing a lot of mental gymnastics to get myself agreeing that I liked it. It's kind of what I did when I saw episode one in the theaters way back. You Star Wars people out there, um, this just doesn't quite come together like I wanted it to. But there's enough there to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But if you really want a spiritual successor to Mary Poppins, you need to watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks. You get hand-drawn animation with live action. You get magic. You get kids. You get all this cool old-school Disney stuff. You get good songs. It's a classic. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Check it out. Hope you guys are staying safe and staying warm. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.